All right, guys, before we get into anything today, before the intro even begins and I start talking about the guests today on today's show, I do have a special announcement because yesterday, Functional Muscle 2.0 dropped and it released and it is on sale right now, but only for the first 100 people who get the book. After that, the price jumps up 30%. So now is the time to act and get your program so you can level up your training, guys. There's a, a link in the show notes below, or you can visit boomboomperformance.com slash functional dash muscle dash two. But again, you can just drop down into the strip description of Stitcher or uh, iTunes or whatever you're listening to this on, and you can grab your copy by just clicking the first link that you see. Um, once again, it is on sale this week, but only for the first 100 people who buy it. And guys, this will go fast because I've been talking about this a lot, and I have a lot of people who have been literally waiting and, and messaging me and just getting ready to grab the book, and it's already been flying off the shelves. This is Tuesday. It dropped yesterday, so I'm actually recording this before, um, and I can't even tell you how many are left. So jump on this guys a little bit of information on the program there is a lot included inside this is literally um, one of the best programs I've ever written but definitely the best program I've ever released publicly so inside it's a 12-week training program that is phased every single week so not only are you going to progress every three to four week mesocycle so your blocks actually progress one into the next but Every week, because I use a form of weekly undulated periodization, every single week you're going to get different methods and different variety to keep things very exciting and engaging, which I thought was very important when creating this program because – for one, we need some similarities throughout the entire program because that's how we track, measure, and progress as time goes on. But as a lot of people um, – I, I, as, as I know from going through a lot of programs and as I know from working with hundreds and hundreds of people, people get bored. And sometimes it's good to switch up variations, switch up methods, add intensity techniques and different things so you are constantly stimulating the muscle but constantly stimulating the mind as well to keep things very exciting while still moving forward. So you're going to get a lot of variety every single week. Um, I go through an entire science explained section of the book where I literally teach you exactly why I've chosen the methods that I chose and exactly how they're guaranteed to work if you implement them properly. So you're going to learn a lot as well. We also implemented something different than I have in the past um, for tracking tools, which I thought was one of the coolest things about this book is we created a badass – I shouldn't even say we. My editor, Mike, created a sick – tracking metric sheet that you can access online so you can actually track from your phone while in the gym so you don't have to carry anything with you or if you're the classic style that likes to write with pad and paper which I do quite a bit and I know a lot of people who do as well you can actually print out logs so not only do you get access to an online tracker but you get access to a printable workout log where you can record your weights and have everything right there for you. You're also going to get support with this, which means you'll get access to my private Facebook forum, um, which is a huge community of people just there to help you stay accountable, give you support, give you guidance, share ideas. And then obviously I'm in there as well, um, as well as my coaches on my team. So if you need form check, if you need critiques on your lifts or anything like that, you can post a video. You can ask questions and we will get back to you to make sure that you're constantly getting things answered and moving in the right directions. There's a ton of new methods inside this book. So there's probably going to be a lot of things that you've actually never even done or tried before, which is going to be one of the most fun parts about this book is you're going to be able to go through this program and you're not only going to learn new ways to build muscle, but you're also going to experience new ways that are going to be really exciting for you because you've never done them before. There's coaching guidance because every single exercise has a big list of coaching cues, notes, how to perform, video links to myself or other strength coaches in the industry that I know and respect who can teach you exactly how to perform the lift. So we reference a lot of links so you can learn how to do every exercise properly and uh, modify it and uh, execute it perfectly. Last but not least, there are modifications. This program is a five-day-per-week split, and it is very high volume, and it's an intense. So it is a difficult program, but it's going to push you. Because of that, you need to take deloads within that. Now, deloads are something that are very intuitive because everybody is so different hormonally, physically, uh, emotionally, mentally, everything. So you may need to deload every third or fourth week, whereas I may need to deload every sixth or seventh week, and somebody else might not need to deload until week 10, for example. But inside the book, I teach you how to intuitively deload, how to change your program that week so you can implement a full deload break, uh, deload week at least once, if not twice, throughout the 12-week phase of this program. I also teach you how to modify this from five days to four days. So if you're somebody who can't make it into the gym 
for five days every single week. I totally understand that. And there is a way to modify this program so that you can just be in the gym four days a week, still get all the training sessions done, still get all the benefits, all the results. It will just take you longer to complete the program. So instead of it being 12 weeks, it might be 15 or 16 weeks long, which is totally fine. But we spread it out, changing the length of your micro cycle so that you're only hitting the the gym four days per week from Sunday to Sunday. So there are modifications. Guys, this this program has so much included into it, so much explanation, so many different things for you guys to not only get results, but really learn why these things work and learn how I program and learn how I structure things. So if you're a coach, you can take away so many golden nuggets. I can't tell you how many other programs and other coaches' books I've bought because I just want to learn how they do things and what the methods of the madness are. So this is a great book for any coach or trainer who A, needs to spice up their training or B, needs to learn new methods and how to get their clients better results. And then for everybody else listening to this who wants to level up their body, whether your goal is to build strength, whether your goal is to build muscle, or whether your goal is to to burn fat, this program can be utilized for you. This is a muscle-building, hypertrophy-based program. So the main focus inside this book, inside this program, is making sure that we can stimulate maximal muscle hypertrophy. But we all know that if you want to get stronger, you might need some more muscle mass. So if you're some, a strength athlete and you need to splice in a phase where you are strictly focused on hypertrophy so you can break through plateaus in your strength world, this is perfect for you. If you are in a fat loss cut or you want to prepare yourself for a cut down the road, this is also perfect for you because we know that the more muscle you have, the easier it is to burn fat later on. And when we are burning fat, the number one way to maintain as much performance and maintain as much hormonal output and maintain as much muscle mass as possible during a caloric deficit or a diet phase, the best way to train is to build muscle. So train as if you are in a surplus and you are trying to build muscle. Diet like you are trying to cut. This is going to elicit to the best changes possible during a fat loss phase. You're going to maintain as much muscle as possible, and you are going to have a better physique when you get to the end of that cut. Guys, as you can tell, I am super, super fired up about this program. There's so much included, and there's so much uh, benefit to you guys running this program in regards to fat loss building muscle, getting stronger, and I'm super fired up to give you this book and everything that is included inside. So once again, guys, if you want to jump on this right now, there should still be some copies left at the 30% discount, but I would suggest as soon as you hear me say this, go into the description, click the link, go visit the Functional Muscle 2 page so you can download your copy ASAP before the price jumps up. Guys, I can't wait for you to get started. Without any further ado, let's get on to the podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is Kelsey Michelle. Kelsey Michelle is somebody who I met in a mastermind who I've met through Jason Phillips and IN3. Um, somebody I've got to know and really just watched her journey, essentially, and, and not her entire journey, obviously, because I met her at a mastermind. So as you can imagine, she already had came so far. But um, watching her as of late, because she had some major revelations, she had some major insights, as did I, at the mastermind that we met at. Um, and we've both grown quite a bit since then. And it was a while ago, I think it was almost a year now. And so or maybe not, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but it was a while ago, at least six months ago or something. Uh, but I've known her a while, I've watched her journey, I've watched her grow, and I've watched her personality and her business and her persona and her energy and everything really just change her confidence just kind of transform uh, really just watching her over social media and being inside of a mastermind group with her and talking to her just a little bit but I think you guys are going to find this really interesting especially the women out there because Kelsey is somebody who you would look at and assume is a cover model but she's really a power lifter which is great because in most people's eyes, those are two polar opposites. But she's coming into the space showing that you can build a great body, you can be feminine, you can really explore your physique and build your physique, but you can do that by chasing strength. She is all about powerlifting. She competes in powerlifting. She studied powerlifting. She studied a lot of training, science, and program design and periodization. And it's really cool to have a knowledgeable female trainer on the podcast who is looking like a model but training like a powerlifter and showing women around the world that they can do the exact same thing. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. Um, And even if you're not a female, if you're a male, it shows you that you shouldn't be afraid to push your clients 
to lift heavy because at the end of the day, we should all be lifting heavy. We should all be pushing strength. And I believe that we should all be pushing performance because as you'll learn from her, I think one of the reasons she's able to achieve a great physique is because she is not solely focused on aesthetics. She's actually focused on performance and that's what she gets her enjoyment and allows her to stay consistent throughout the process. So I'm going to bring her on today. We're going to talk about her journey, her story, why she does what she does, how she does what she does, and a little bit more in depth inside of the world of building a body through powerlifting. And before we get into the show, do me one quick favor, guys. I say it every time, but it continues to help me grow. One thing you can help me do to grow the show is obviously leave a five-star rating and review because we do appreciate those and they help us grow in the rankings and iTunes. But what you can also help us do is take a screenshot of this show right now, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom, tag at Kelsey Michelle, Kelsey spelled with an I-E, not a Y. I'll put both the, uh, our handles in the show notes. Tag us both on, on your story on Instagram and let us know who's watching it. Let us know what you like about the show. Let us know that you did like the show and let me know personally when I DM you back. Let me know who you want to see on the show next because I like starting conversations and I love when people respond back to me and tell me I love XYZ guest. I want to see more of this on the show, so on and so forth because I make this show for you guys literally. So it helps me to learn a little bit more about you and a little bit more about what you guys want to learn and listen to on the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. So – Without any further ado, let's get on to this amazing interview with Kelsey Michelle. All right, Kelsey, this is, whether they know it or not, take two, because last time I completely fucked up the recording. I don't know what I did. We still actually haven't figured it out, um, and it happened again. So long story short, Cody's not a tech guy, and he messed up the recordings twice, but she was great enough to come back on the show. Kelsey, for the listeners who do not know who you are, can you give us who Kelsey Michelle is in a nutshell. Thanks so much for having me. So this question has always been like super weird for me and I don't know why I get so like iffy around it, but I feel like we're just surrounded by these super successful people in our group of like the mastermind and then our friends, of course, and we've all kind of created this network. So I've always been weird about this question, but the more that I've thought about it, the more that I'm like, you know, maybe I don't have to know who I am. Maybe I can just be flexible and continue to learn stuff about myself from day to day. So the things that I do know is that I am an online strength coach and life coach. Um, I help women transform from the inside out because obviously, as we know, it's not all external. Um, Most of it is going to be an internal struggle more so than the physical battles. Um, So I myself compete in powerlifting um, my first meet it was last December, and I will be back in 11 short weeks doing the exact same meet this year in Kansas City. Um, I got into powerlifting when I was in a really dark place, um, coming out of a relationship, um, something that I thought promised a future. We were literally like fairy tale, like magical, everything I could have ever hoped for. And then one day it just kind of like abruptly ended out of nowhere. And I was left lost with myself and I didn't really like know what my direction was anymore. And I kind of gave up on myself as far as like the gym was concerned. I was still going, but never really like, I was very like apathetic about it. Didn't really like just going through the motions pretty much, which is what a lot of people do. Um, so I was kind of swooped up by one of my friends and he invited me to come lift with the powerlifting team. And I was still really unsure until they kind of, forced me into a meet. And from then on, I really found my passion. And had I not experienced that like dark pit, I would have never come across the things that I wanted to do. So just, and I wanted to be able to share that with everyone. So yeah. I love it. So I, I, we're definitely going to talk about powerlifting because I think when most people see you, they don't expect powerlifter, right? Typical powerlifters don't look like cover models. And obviously you say you're not a model and, and you're not forte a model, but you do some modeling, you do have that physique. So it's really cool to kind of blend those worlds. Um, but I want to touch on the dark path you went through in a sense of like, what did fitness give you and what lessons have you learned from just fitness in general? Maybe not even just powerlifting, um, but you can take it that route as well to help change your life. Because I think there's so many of us that have a very similar story, but it's completely different. Like for me, I was in a dark place as well. I was overweight, lacking confidence. My friends were in school, didn't know, have any direction. I turned to fitness, made a transformation and it changed everything for me. And I think that's like the really powerful thing about training is it's so much more than just building muscle. Um, what lessons have you learned from training in general that have really 
kind of bled into the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, like society kind of tells us we need these external things to complete us. And so I was kind of in that place as far as like the relationship was concerned. I felt like I was like, okay, I'm complete. I have this relationship. That's it. Like life will just be smooth from here on out. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. So I think when I got into lifting, it really forced me to be confident in who I was and really figure out how much power I was capable of. And like the more that I learned about myself, the more I was like, okay, I want to teach people exactly what I learned because these are the things that I wish that I knew in that dark place. And I like showing people what's possible for them. So I think for lifting for me specifically, as the weights get heavier, like it just got more challenging. So it's not so much like the physical things as the mental hurdles that you have to come across day in and day out. Cause like, like I've talked about on my Instagram lately, a lot is the excuses that we make of like, I'm tired. I don't want to go. I'm not going to do this because it'll be hard or because I don't have time when it's like, no, those are just the mental roadblocks that you've experienced. And you're only going to be able to achieve that far unless you jump over that hurdle. So I think for me, the lifting has just been like, it's like a level every single time I go. It's a new level. It's like something you constantly have. I think the progression model is like so key, obviously for results in your body. But if you can take that and apply it to everything else in your life and realize like, you know, every week, every month, every year, there's going to be more things that I have to get better at and keep working at and just stay consistent with. Like that metaphor alone is going to apply to so much shit in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, like something my coaches have told me from day one, they're like, the weight doesn't care what your feelings are about it. The weight's going to be the same no matter what. So you can either deal with it as it is, or you can walk away from it. 100%. And actually, you know what, unfortunately, there's a lot. And if you just look at what you can and can't control, it's the same exact thing, right? I mean, there was probably a lot of things that you were going through that weren't really in your control. And you just had to, for lack of better terms, deal with the shit and get over it. Yeah. Was that able to build some kind of independence in you you know you seem like a very independent woman now you're a strong woman empowering like that's a very inspiring thing for people to see um and and i don't want to sound like like sexist is the word that comes to mind but i don't want to sound that way but when you talk about your story is like you almost kind of sounded like you fit into that typical female role of like oh i have a relationship now i'm just gonna be cozy and this is just this is my role and then shock to the world that fell apart now what do i do um did that play any role of like changing what your society role was and who you were as a female and being independent? I think I had always been pretty independent, but I do feel like a lot of me felt that I needed a relationship in order to feel complete. So yeah, it's been a big change because especially as you know, like building your own business, it takes a lot of work and like trying to get into a relationship at that point is like, so right now I think I'm just like so in my own and I'm like ready to grind like and hustle in any way for myself. And so that desire of as a woman, we need someone else to be complete or whatever that societal norm is like, it's no longer an option for me. It's an option, but it's no longer like my focus. What do you think about, um, and, and you might not even be able to talk too much on this but I I was talking to somebody who was going through some relationship stuff and my advice to him sounded and I was like man I'm gonna sound like a dick and and I love my fiance to death but the reality is you almost have to put yourself in a position in a mindset of like you are alone like it really is just you here no matter who is in your life you have to look out for you you have to put yourself first you have to understand that nobody gives a shit enough to really change your life you have to change it yourself like um I guess I'm just asked like do you agree with that is that kind of where your mindset went like 100% and I tell this to all my current clients friends myself consistently it's like you can't try to fill someone else's cup unless your own cup is full and on that same token no one's gonna do that for you either so you're in charge of your own life because at the end of the day we're all suffering in some way whether it's like constantly living your past stories, living your past doubts, like you might be living that, but so is someone else. So it's like, we have enough on our plate than to deal with someone else's as well. I love that. And I love that you touched on self-doubt because I think that's so prevalent. Um, 
All right, so back to your story, because that kind of was a tangent I wasn't planning to go on, but it was good. Um, what, for education, what did you do? What are you currently doing? Like, at, at what point, like, obviously, because I know you went to school, so it, was there a certain point where you shifted towards fitness? Was it always fitness? Um, what's the educational background? So I flip-flopped a lot while I was in school, kind of like everyone else does. Um, I thought maybe I wanted to be an athletic trainer. I was wanting to go to physical therapy school. And I didn't really know until my friends had opened up a gym in Lawrence, Kansas, the University of Kansas, Rock Talk. <laughs> and um, so they were opening up a gym at the time and I was always in the service industry and they wanted some help just doing the front desk. And I was really hesitant. I'm like, oh, service industry money is like so good. But after I spent some time just in the gym, I kind of knew that this was the path I wanted to go because I was watching the trainers from afar, like seeing their transformations for their clients and how like the relationship between them was just so magical for me. And I knew that I wanted to be in that spot and creating those relationships um, around me. So I knew that I had to do something in that realm. And so I studied under the trainers at that gym. And in my opinion, they're some of the smartest. They studied under, like we talked about last time, Charles Poliquin. Um, so I pretty much learned his methods from the get go and did everything and anything I could to research everything about him. I read every single article on him and that he put out on his website and you know, like, I'm sure you took this path too, but read every article on T Nation. So a lot of it was self-taught, but I did learn quite a bit of stuff at, Can at the University of Kansas. But I think most of it was self-taught and just doing my own research. I love that you said that because I think that, you know, I get questions all the time. Like, how, how do you know so much? What college did you go to? And I was like, dude, I went to community college. Like, it's, it, I, I studied fitness and health at community college, but everything I learned was self-taught too. It's like experience and articles. And I think it's just so important to just dive into everything that's so available online. Um, is that, are you doing any formal education right now or is it the same thing? You're just constantly reading and, and just staying up to date on stuff. Yeah. I mean, just constantly reading. I know we see a lot on Instagram, but like learning, it is a valuable tool. So learning things on Instagram, but also doing your own research behind it as well. So if you find something like, oh, that's interesting, or that's unique, like I'm going to go maybe research the alternative. What's the opposite side? So in that way, I can form my own opinion. Um, so I think that in general, there's just a lot of information as we know out there. So just taking it upon yourself to do your own research is very helpful too. At what point did powerlifting um, from educational side get put in and what did that look like? Did you um, just start studying powerlifting? Did you read certain books? Did you go to like workshops? Like how did that side of, cause it's a, it's a completely different beast when we talk about programming and stuff. So when did that come into play and what did you, how did you do that? So right when I was shoved into a meet, I knew that I wanted to get more continuing education. So I signed up to do the USAPL, USA powerlifting certification which was more of a platform for coaches. So, but it was still really helpful because you learn like cues, commands, techniques, a little bit of form, not a whole lot, but mostly like the rules of the sport. So that really helped me out when I was going into my first meet, like it was drilled in my head, things I needed to know. So that was really good. And that kind of really sparked my interest in the education standpoint. And then from there, just the practical experience, I work with a coach personally, um, who programs for me specific to powerlifting, but also um, achieves my aesthetic desires as well. They kind of go hand in hand at a certain point. Um, so learning from him, I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm like, okay, why is this the way that is? Um, so instead of just like blindly letting someone coach me, I wanna know exactly why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Um, and then also same thing, like I download eBooks from like Joggernaut, I download eBooks from Steffi Cohen, like the hybrid method. I just, I want to learn everything that there is to know about the sport. I think a big part too is once you start actually doing it, I'm sure you learned a ton just from going through those people's programs, your own programming, your coach's programming, you start to kind of put pieces together. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, there's so many methods and routes to achieve the same goal. 
So like there's the conjugate method, there's the linear progression, there's just so many different things and like really finding what works for you and each individual athlete because I've even seen teams with powerlifters where 80% of their team is injured because they're all following the exact same method. But it's like, okay, maybe 50% of those people, that doesn't work for them. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is I actually heard, um, I think it was Max Aieta, who's more in the weightlifting space talking about, I, th- I want to say it was him talking about um, the Bulgarian method, which everybody knows is like squat every day. Like it's just squat to a max, squat to a max constantly. Um, and they had some of the craziest performing athletes ever. So people read that and they're like, this must be the way. But what they don't talk about is how many people they actually exited out of the program because they couldn't hang, they couldn't handle it, which is probably the majority. And like coaches who are more popular or more famous on whatever platform, um, they don't highlight the trainer or the athletes that are injured. Of course, they don't highlight the athletes that aren't doing as well. They're just going to highlight the ones who are the top dog in the gym. Yeah. So what, how do you bridge the gap for uh, powerlifting and aesthetics? I think most people, you know, for a long time, it was kind of like, and I agree with this more as a life principle, like focus on one thing at a time, right? Like, it's especially true with fat loss. If you come to me for fat loss, we're probably not going to work on PRs and building a ton of muscle plus burning fat. It's pretty counterintuitive. But in life, I always say, you know, pick something, focus on it, go all in on that one thing. But with training, you can kind of tweak things now. People are learning more about like concurrent training and all these different things. And you obviously chase aesthetics and you chase powerlifting. Um, how do you actually bridge that gap within your own training? So within my own, I obviously use like, varying methods of um like rep ranges so i may have like a four by four or four by three at the beginning of a program when towards the end i achieve more of like the pump feeling that people are kind of chasing so it's really and it's different every single block like right now i'm in a really tough strength block so it's a lot of like four by four four by five but that's pretty much the bulk of the whole lift And I actually messaged my coach and I was like, are you sure this isn't hypertrophy? Because I'm dying. This feels like cardio. Uh, But really, it's just a really intense strength block. So it's like challenging you for four reps at 88% of your max. What do you think with like clients that approach you is, do you find like, I I think shock the muscle is kind of a, a outdated weird term, but to an extent, it's kind of true because I'm sure like, I I guess I'm curious about your clients that come to you that probably haven't really done sets of four or three or five and like heavy lifting um, and how their body responds. So I think especially for females, we are creatures of feeling. So we want to feel like we accomplish something, whether that's like a shoulder pump or a booty pump, like that's talked about so much. So I think throwing that in there, I usually finish most probably 85 to 90% of my athletes with some sort of like finisher set. So it'll be like one to two sets of a hundred reps. That way they leave and they're like, Oh dang. And that was like a really legit workout where like we accomplished the bulk of what we needed to accomplish as far as strength goes in the very beginning. I love it. I think that's a perfect blend. And then you're kind of not overloading any one system and, and damaging fatigue. Um, what is, what's, your favorite split for yourself and then what is your favorite for your clients if that's different so I think in the past like I had done the traditional like glute day like quad day uh back chest where now I program around the lifts so typically I'll start someone's week with a squat and then it'll be a bench or press movement in between there so like on a Monday, it'll be like squat and then Tuesday will be some sort of press focus day. Wednesday will either be off or a conditioning day. And then Thursday will be a deadlift day. And then depending on their schedule, it'll be like some sort of accessory day. So if they really want to grow their glutes, it'll be like a glute accessory day. Or if they're really trying to improve their bench, it'll be an upper accessory day. So with those accessories, are you, how are you plugging them into your compounds? Is it like on a squat day, you're only doing squat accessories afterwards, or do you do like squat accessories on your deadlift day to help your squat day on the other day? Or how, how does that work? It really depends on the person and their 
needs for that lift. So I always take videos of my clients or they take videos and they send them to me and I determine like, okay, where's their weak points? What do I need to change? So if their weak points are going to be like low back, they're going to get a little bit of barbell, like low back work on their squat day, but also on their deadlift day. So it's kind of really just depends on the specific person. Um, there'll be more quad focused stuff like leg press, leg extensions on your squat day and then more posterior chain on your deadlift day. But you're also going to get like upper back work on your deadlift day as well. How often are you changing this stuff too? like exercise selection? Is it like a matter of, I mean, I would love to hear the science behind it. Like you should be doing this much, but maybe practically people get bored. So you do it this much or, or just kind of an overview of how you actually approach um, varying your exercises and just exercise selection in general. So again, it's really specific to each individual person, um, but I progress it in some way week to week. So I give them their entire month long uh, block. Um, each week, the rep ranges are changed, the rest periods change, and, and so there's different forms of like progressive overload. Like you know, maybe you're resting a little bit less, maybe you're increasing the volume, maybe you're increasing the weight. Um, so it really depends on the person. Um, so when I do check-ins with my clients, if I find that, let's say they're doing a deficit deadlift as one of their accessories, it's, let's say it's still working or things are still moving really well, it's going to stay in their program until it kind of plateaus and then we'll change it up a little bit. I love that. I think some people just program hop too much and they get too excited and they want to, um, I even struggle with that even in the membership site now is cause like. I'll upload new programs and I like every time I'm like, if you haven't finished the last block, please do not start this yet because I just want you to progress so bad. And it just, it, I think it takes longer and you might be able to chime in on this too. Like I think it takes longer to like squeeze out all the progress you can make in a rep range than people actually realize. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for men. I think women adapt faster than men do and women handle greater intensities for more volume than men do just from practical experience um, myself included like my coach will program me like a rest pause set and I'll get like 20 reps at 75% of my max and he's like oh all right good to know <laughs> <laughs> just from practical experience I've found that women handle a lot more so actually, that was like the next thing I wanted to go into in, in two different ways. Um, first one being um, volume, reps, intensity, anything like that. Like what are the differences that you see and that you program? Like if, if I come to you for a program and somebody else comes to you that's a female for a program, what are the big differences you already know you're going to plug into those, those programs? You know, it's not really that different between men and women. It's going to be traditionally the same. But like I said, women are capable of handling a little bit more. They often choose not to push themselves because we kind of face that self-doubt thing. So that's where I feel like the coaching really is important is telling them, like, I know you're capable of more. Like, I've posted on someone's program where they've only used 65 pounds on their hip thrust. I'm like, I know you're more than capable of that. And then the next week they go in and do 115. And I'm like, see, I told you. So it's like, men are more likely to go for gold and women are like more reserved. Um, so I think as far as exercise selection, it's not really that different. I think there are traditionally exercises women want to do more, like a lot of more glute stuff, a lot more shoulder stuff is what I've seen. Um, I do make my men do a lot of glute stuff because obviously they've neglected it on their own. Um, so I will put it in their program as well. I think that's actually one of the um, biggest missing things in men's programs is like if they're writing their own programs is they don't do enough glute work. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And what I found from the powerlifting realm is most powerlifters, I shouldn't say most, I'll say a lot of powerlifters skip their accessories. And I know for a fact they're not isolating their glutes. So I think one benefit for me was, you know, like my whole – physique aesthetic chasing booty self I did a lot of glute isolated work kickbacks pull throughs hip thrusts um so I think for as far as like a deadlift is concerned I'll never fail a lockout where you'll see a lot of guys failing at the very top because they can't lock out their weight so I think if they just spent a little bit of 
extra time isolating their glutes, they'd see a lot of progress. And it's, it's funny too, because if you look at like Louis Simmons from West Side, that guy, he created the reverse hyper and like, they wonder why they had some of the, I mean, besides being on a lot of gear, they had the strongest athletes in the world. Like that might've been one of the things, um, when you're adding in all this stuff to your, your either men or women's programming, is it kind of like, like that finisher you talked about with the pump and stuff? Do you change that person to person? Like, let's say I come, I'm a guy, I want to build a bigger chest. So you're going to add flies versus a girl's just booty focus. It's going to be hip thrust. Is that, is that the biggest difference in the training between sexes? I think traditionally it's aesthetics and really just what they want to see. I'm like, I've come across a lot of girls who don't want to bench press. I've also come a lot of girls who think that they don't want to bench press and then they do it and actually learn technique from me. And they're like, wow, this is really fun. Like, and it's their favorite lift. And not only is it more fun for them, but it's fun to see because it's going to progress faster than a lot of moves that they've done in the past where like everyone has done some sort of squat. So it may not be progressing as fast as the bench press only because they haven't done it. Yeah. Do you think there's like merit to saying too, like they're going to possibly burn more calories or get a little bit leaner doing stuff like that because they haven't done it. So you, it just takes more energy. It's more challenging. Absolutely. It's going to take a little bit more to metabolically adapt to an exercise. So yeah, you will. When you get these, like, let's say somebody comes to you, that's not a power lifter. Are you still performance driven? Like, do you think that people, is this what's missing in females training? Is there not performance driven or, or what do you think is the big, the lack there? I do. I do. I think a lot of people focus so much on aesthetics and I recently made a post about this, about my transformation and how I was constantly chasing abs and I wanted delts and booty and leg separation. And it's like, that stuff only lasts so long because let's say you miss your water intake the next day, your abs are gone. Like that stuff is so variable. It's just like, it's not fun. So I think when I redirect, especially women to focusing the weight on the bar instead of uh, like aesthetic things like, okay, we're, we're taking progress pictures, but it, that's not the sole focus. Those are just going to be like, for you down the road when you're like, oh, wow, it, this is like the side piece to my strength. Like I'm more proud of my strength than I am how I look. Yeah. Um, with these clients, are you, are you prescribing anything other than training or is it all training focused? Do you add cardio? Do you add it into their training? Like how do you balance all this stuff? Cause I think, um, and I guess how, how do you even explain this to people who aren't bought in yet? You know what I mean? Cause when you're talking to me, it's like hundred percent agree focus on performance, good things are going to happen. Like I'm bought in, but let's say Susie, who's 45 comes to you and she wants to look like you and train like you and stuff, but she's not that convinced that she shouldn't be just doing like metabolic circuits and 25 rep range. How do you convince her all of all this? So first off, I ask them, have you done, have you spent a lot of time doing orange theory and did you see your results? No. Okay. <laughs> Shout out orange theory. <laughs> So, are you willing to try something different? Yeah, because my friend achieved results doing it. Okay, so let's give it a shot. So really, at the end of the day, you have to just trust any process, whatever process you choose, you have to trust a process. It doesn't matter if it's mine, it doesn't matter if it's F45, but eventually your body's going to adapt and you need to constantly change it. So just like with performance-based or strength-based, like you've got to consistently change your program. You can't be doing the same thing every single time. I love it. And it's so true. And I think the cool thing about that is like, if you're just doing cardio or just doing, I mean, we know this like lateral raises. I don't think I've added weight to my lateral raise in two years, but I can add weight to my squat and deadlift, right? It's hard to like, I'm not going to lateral raise 50 pound dumbbells. Like it's just, it's ridiculous. So doing long cardio and doing these circuits, stuff like that, it's hard to progress. Your body will adapt. And once it adapts fully, you're kind of just stuck, right? Like what you're doing, there's so many variables you can change within the same strength realm that it's like almost endless. Yeah. And a lot of cardio is just boring. Like I've never met one person, well, maybe a few weirdos that are like, oh, I love running. I'm going to run a marathon. Like, I'm sorry, like you're not the client for me because I'm probably not going to program that for you. Um, as far as my programming goes, it's more conditioning than anything. I want you to be able to handle greater weight for a longer period of time. So I utilize a lot of sled training, rowing, 
Um, I really love skill mill, but it's going to be like sprint intervals with longer rest periods or shorter rest periods, depending on the phase. Um, so yeah, that's really the cardio and extent of what I'm doing. Are you focusing on performance measurements in those two? Like per, any progression within that? Absolutely. So if they're resting less between their sets, that's progress. I love it. I think that's that was a big game changer for me when I looked at cardio, less of like a caloric expenditure and more of it like, okay, I'm going to periodize this and look at timelines and intervals and rest periods and actually try to improve. It actually changed my physique quite a bit, but it was way more fun because I was trying to beat myself from the weeks before. Absolutely. And, and it's like, you know, those are the days that you don't really want to do, but you're like, I know this is making me better. And at the end, you're like, wow, that wasn't so bad. Like, I can breathe easier than last week. Like, that was something for me. I was like, wow, my lungs aren't hurting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I posted, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but my coach put crock rows in my program. And it was like, I haven't done crock rows in forever. And afterwards, I was like, that is cardio for me. My heart is going through the roof. <laughs> totally. And if people are listening who don't know what crock rows are, they're like super high rep, really heavy. So it was like a hundred pound dumbbell and I was, you're doing like 20 reps and you have to like kind of swing into it and just like, it's just ridiculous. But, um, with, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is nutrition. How do you approach nutrition in a sustainable way? And like, what are your, do you have any like methods or like big components that you follow to make sure that you're performing well, you're still chasing the physique and so on and so forth? So I think I just try to teach people, you know, what works best for them, but also what works for me and I found as a powerlifter and for some reason this might go like against a lot of evidence but as a powerlifter a high fat diet kind of works for me and I'm not going to say keto because there's no way that I'm keto I love me some carbs <laughs> but I found around your workouts when you're working towards strength and I kind of teach my clients as well to always start your day with protein and fats so they're more than likely going to be eating eggs and bacon and avocado and all these things that they're kind of taught that are wrong. Um, but really, when I ask them how they're feeling and getting the biofeedback from that, they're all telling me that I feel so much better during my workout. I feel so much more clarity while I'm at work or any number of things or I'm sleeping better. And then really focusing their carbs post-workout. But again, everyone is individual. So just really making sure that I'm getting that biofeedback from them. Um, they're all responsible for recording their food. Like, you know, I'm sure you've had your clients do this as well. They all record their food. That way I know what kind of stuff they're eating. And they're like, okay, I had a problem on this day. Well, let's go look at your log. Okay, it looked like you had rice in your breakfast. Maybe that was making you a little more lethargic than you have in the past. So just like constantly looking at the evidence. I think I love that you mentioned that actually. And, and it's probably something you learned from Paula Quinn because I know he was writing about that shit a long time ago. And that's actually who I took it from. Um, but I only do protein and fats in the morning because I feel so much better. Like you're just way more productive, way more clear. Um, and that's where I think kind of like people shitting on nutrient timing is stupid because doing something as simple as that will cut cravings, keep you focused, keep you more satiated. You'll just feel more, so much more better, uh, so much better than relying on carbs all day. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I found with everyone that I've put on, like Paulson's meat and nut breakfast works. Yeah. Um, they're going to be fuller longer and you're not going to reach for, like your yogurt in the morning is not really going to get you much. Whereas if you're eating something more substantial, like, sausage and eggs and avocado or something of the sorts like you're going to be fuller longer yeah 100 percent agree i'm glad that you touched on that um and neither one of us are against carbs for everybody out there like i love carbs and i eat carbs every day but i do agree with the fat breakfast um so i want to touch on like uh just your business your life where you're going and what the what the plans are for future yeah, so something really exciting that I told you last time was I am at, like install, installing a master coaching program, which is going to be, um, there's going to be a retreat twice a year. And so one day we'll do self-development, self-actualization, and then day two is going to be a full day of photo shoots. So, and it's going to, right now it's going to be specifically for women I don't feel like it would be the same dynamic if I inv invited men 
So for now, it's just going to be a women's event. Um, it'll, the first one's going to be here in San Diego. I'm thinking March or April. Um, so I have a photographer. There'll be hair and makeup provided. And yeah, it's going to be part of the coaching program. That way, like if people say they don't have a goal or they don't want to do a powerlifting meet, like you still have a goal. Goal is to just be you, be the best version of you. Is this like a quarterly or a yearly event? Like, how are you going to run it? It'll be twice a year. Twice a year. Okay. So what's the outcome with that? Like, what do you want these women to come out of it with? So I know for me, the photo shoots have been really powerful because I did my first one, I don't know, back when I was like 22 and I was super intimidated, you know, like, I'm like, I'm not a model. Like, and I still, I don't think, I don't consider myself a model, but just seeing yourself on camera and like, it's powerful. Like owning your own inner badass is really like what it's all about. And that's the same thing that I teach with my strength training is own your inner badass. Like you don't know how strong you are until you're really put to the test. So whether you want to do a meet or whether you just want to like look good, like the photo shoot's really going to be able to put you in touch with who you are and your femininity and all your power. I think that's, that's what's cool about filming your workouts too. Like, because even for me as a guy, like I know that, you know, I have self doubt and you have negative thoughts that come in your mind. And I, like, I got lean for a photo shoot. And the first thing that's always in your head is like, fuck, I didn't get that lean. Like I didn't get as good as I wanted to. And then I did the photo shoot and I was like, damn, I got kind of fucking lean. I look badass. Like, and then you feel really good. So I think I love that you're implementing it. I think that's huge. And I think, uh, you probably get that feeling from like filming your deadlifts and shit like that too. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, like I always thought that I wanted to cut for photo shoots, but it's like, I just kind of reached this point where I'm like, you know, I'm happy with the way I look. Like I may not have the most cut abs, like girls on Instagram, but like, this is me. This is how I feel good. And I think when you see that in a photo, you're like, wow, I really do look good. Like I didn't need to like starve myself for seven days. Like I look really good. I love that. I think it's so important. I think the biggest thing here is like empowering people is, is what we are kind of here for essentially. Absolutely. So I want to close out with the, with the round table question. Let's see if you have the same guess as last time, which nobody heard, but um, so the situation is you're sitting at a table, you have anything for dinner. I'm going to add to this too. You get to choose the dinner. You have three empty seats in front of you. Anybody can be sitting there, just not friends or family alive or dead. Who is with you and what are you guys eating? What's the meal? Okay, so <laughs> my answer is going to change a little bit because I went out to dinner recently and I don't know if you've ever had Wagyu beef. Have you ever oh, yeah. Had it? Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so I'm recently obsessed. So we'll be eating Wagyu beef because we're bougie. Um, <laughs> I will be inviting Oprah because she's just like Oprah. Like, you can't really say much else. Like, she's just a magical human being, someone who's so in touch with her soul and who she is like far before anyone else has ever been. And I think in one of her books, like she's even had like newscasters tell her like people aren't going to relate to this stuff because it's far beyond their capacity to learn when she's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway. So she's kind of like her own powerful woman. And so I aspire to be just like Oprah. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to invite Hattie Boydell, who is one of my Instagram crushes. Do you know Hattie? I don't. Okay, so she is actually WBFF pro. So she's total fitness model all the way, but she still throughout her entire prep has been lifting heavy. So it's like we're on opposite spectrums, but achieving the same result. So it's, it's really cool to see someone else doing the exact same thing in a different sport. So it yeah. really is like, provides more evidence to what we're all doing. Love it. And the last person... Oh, this is tough. I feel like my answers last time were just kind of like put on the spot. And this time, I think I'm going to, does it have to be a human? Can it be a dog? It could be whoever you want. As long as they're a dead or, or I guess they can't be your friends though. Because if it's your dog, then that's your friend. Oh. I think it's funny though, because everybody always does this and they leave the podcast and they're like, like I've had people text me and they're like, dude, I thought of different people. Like I changed my answer. I'm like, it's too late. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, let's just go with Charles Poliquin. That was my answer last time. And I'm going to keep it standing. And it was coincidental. Last time was the same day that we found out that he passed. And, you know, it was really weird for me. But 
it's really impacted me and like my knowledge. And he's such a great inspirational coach and leader and everything that he's created for the industry is just super impactful. So I think I owe a lot of my knowledge to him and everything he's created because had he not done the things that he'd done, like I wouldn't be who I am, you know? So I think I owe a lot of everything to him. I think that it was pretty wild because I saw that he passed away like five minutes before we got on and you brought him up like eight times in the podcast and you didn't hear the news yet. So I texted you afterwards, but um, I think more like there's a lot of trainers listening to this that might not be super familiar with Charles that probably owe a lot to him and don't even realize it. Like he did so much for the industry and just brought so much to so, like attention to so many like profounding and just like impactful things in our industry. It's just, it's insane. It's so sad that he had to pass away. So, well, I really do appreciate you coming back on the show for a second time. And we got it right this time. I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that you want to shout out, tell people to go follow you, your website, anything like that, that people can go, go uh, check out right now? Yeah, you guys can all follow me at Kelsey Michelle um, on Instagram. You can also go to my website, KelseyMichelle.com. You can see what I'm up to, everything that I'm creating for you guys, everything that I offer. Um, I would love to speak with you. If you have more questions regarding who I am, what I'm doing, please do not hesitate to send me a message. I would love to speak with you. Perfect. Well, once again, thank you so much. Thanks, Cody. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's gonna teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.